You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. This big win. So the Knicks sent a statement to the entire NBA, outlasting the Boston Celtics. 131-129 on the road. The Knicks got a heroic performance from Emmanuel Quickly. He was inserted into the starting lineup for an injured Jalen Brunson who sat out this game with a sore foot. Uh, Brunson, we, we hurt that foot in the, a miraculous game we didn't even get to talk about with that Miami Heat win they had on Friday. Brunson got hurt in that game, finished that game, but was unable to play on Sunday. Quickly goes into the starting lineup. He plays 55 minutes in this game, scores 38 points, a career high. He also adds eight rebounds. He adds seven assists. He scored seven points. In the second overtime period, he scored the Knicks' first seven points of that second overtime period in which they found a way to win. He also got 31-9 and nine from Julius Randle. R.J. Barrett at 29 points and 11 rebounds. It was a back-and-forth game. The Knicks got up, uh, got down by 14 points in the, fourth, in, the, in the third quarter. It looked like the game was going to slip away. Then they stormed back. They ended up going up 12 in the fourth. And then, you know, typical <laughs> Knicks fashion, the Celtics come back and they forced the game to overtime. Um, the game really came down to one possession. The Celtics had the ball, Knicks up two. Uh, Tatum passing to Horford in the corner for a three. Mitchell Robinson contests. Horford misses. Celtics lose. Knicks win. Um, Tatum finished with 40 in this one. Jalen Brown added 29. This is nine straight wins for the New York Knicks. So, Tommy, I'll start it here. Is this the best win of the Knicks season? Yeah, I think you can certainly say that um, all the factors coming into the game, because remember, um, not only had the Knicks beaten the Celtics earlier this week, uh, Monday at the Garden, Celtics had a very disappointing loss against the Nets where they gave up a huge 28 point lead. They wanted yeah. this win. Um, and this and, and because of that reason, the intensity was ratcheted up right from the very start. Uh, the commentators talked about it. You could feel the physicality, uh, you know, f- watching the game on TV. Um, certainly the players, uh, you know, the, the, just the emotions. This was a playoff atmosphere. This was a playoff intensity type game. So for the Knicks to beat the Celtics, who have basically been the best team in the NBA previous to their stumbles the last couple of weeks for the, you know, for 80, 90% of the season, um, you know, or at least in the conversation with the Bucs and the Nuggets, um, you know, they, for the Knicks to go into Boston, beat that team that was really looking for a win without their starting point guard, I think speaks volumes. And, you know, the, the, the wins kind of have compounded upon each other. So it's like, you know, Friday was probably the best one of the season until Sunday. Um, Last Monday was the best win of the season until, until Wednesday. So these things are, you know, continue to, to, you know, and, and and again, we, and we've talked about it previously, the one knock against the Knicks during their eight game winning streak back in December was the quality of opponents. Um, That's out the window. The Knicks are beating good teams. Um, They're destroying bad teams. Um, and, you know, so it's just there. There's a um, certainly, you know, there's some other games in the conversation. Um, but to me, considering the stakes, um, the anticipation, the the intensity of the game for the Knicks to go into Boston and, you know, take them 40 point game. Jalen Brown, 29. They're two big guys um, doing what they do uh, for the Knicks to win that contest, I think, speaks volumes. And, yeah, I think it probably qualifies as the best one of the year. Yeah, I, I would agree. This, to me, is the best Knicks win. But at this point, the Knicks are getting to the point where you almost can't even keep saying best win of the season anymore because the Knicks are now a good team. Like, you now have to expect that the Knicks can beat the top teams in the NBA, which is a statement that I would not think I would be saying a month ago or a month and a half ago. But with the way they've been playing pretty much since the calendar of 2023, these are just the things the Knicks can do. <laughs> like, they can go into Boston 
and beat a desperate Celtics team that's trying to get a win when they got Tatum and Brown both combining for what, what 70, almost 80, almost uh, 69 points, almost 70 points in this one. Like that, you think you put that on a number, you say, okay, Knicks lose that one. There's no way they come up with that game. But this is what the Knicks can do now. Like this is the way they're they're capable of beating people. And um, Emmanuel quickly in this one, just a, a masterclass. And it, it, it was it was a truly crazy to kind of watch him dominate the Celtics. So that's what was happening. Um, the Celtics, I thought, made some crucial mistakes in terms of how they were guarding quickly in this game. The Celtics play a switch everything defense, and I think in some ways they kind of. It was, it was they kind of messed they knew the Knicks playbook so well that at times they were able to just kind of like have the Knicks run their pistol action and get the exact guy they want on RJ or the exact guy they want on Randall after like four switches. It was crazy how good the Celtics were defensively. But when they got to uh, the fourth quarter in overtime, they were doing this non-switch defense. The Knicks kind of went away from their offense. They kind of stopped running sets, which hurt them in one sense, but actually helped them because it was it allowed IQ to heat seek Grant Williams. So Grant Williams, who is a pretty good defender, but not good at defender guarding point guards, not a guy like IQ, is guarding Emmanuel quickly. I thought that that was a massive mistake because IQ was just barbecuing him. Um, I, I you know there was a lot of issues with Missoula and how he closed that game, but I thought that that was a, a big mistake and IQ took advantage. Um, just the confidence he had, he's a complete scorer now. This is a guy. Remember, he couldn't finish at the rim. Everything was floaters or, or, or contested shots. Now he's able to finish at the rim. Now he's blowing by guys clean. Like he would, and, and that's the other thing I want to mention about him too. I, we don't under, and I've said this before on this show. And I want to, this is the podcast I'm going to stand 10 toes down and really emphasize this. We do not talk about how well conditioned Emmanuel quickly is. I know it's because he plays short minutes. I know, like, we think, okay, he's playing 25 minutes, he's giving you all the energy. But this guy just, he outlasted everybody. I mean, he, IQ the Iron Man is what I called him after this game because. It just was clear that everybody else, and I'm talking all nine guys, the Celtic guys and the Nick guys, all were just exhausted by the end of this game. And this was the only guy that was still playing like it was the first quarter. He's just running guy by guys clean. There were plays in the fourth quarter where fast breaks, but he's just running past everybody for layups. And I think that is a testament to the work he did in the offseason. You saw the, the weightlifting he was doing. You saw the conditioning stuff he was doing. He was posting that stuff. And I think that it played a, a massive massive uh, advantage for him in this game bro two minutes into the second overtime uh, so he's 53 52 minutes into the game at this point he scores the first seven points as an overtime and is skipping up and down the yep. floor skipping skip to my loo like my daughter up and down the street yeah. um you know to going to the toy store just skipping playing with so much joy and enthusiasm and happiness um yeah you're 100 right on his conditioning and the thing about some bench guys when they lock heavy minutes and, and iq's up over 31 minutes a, a, per game this year um is a lot of times they don't have the benefit of starting coming out and then going back in again they got to play long stretches um stretches right. at a time we see Hart do this we've seen you know obviously since he's arrived um and iq has done this where else come in the third quarter and play the rest of the way um you know if, if he has a, a hot hand um and, and that's what he did um a couple of things on Emmanuel quickly, and you know we could we could we could spend the, the whole hour of this podcast about that game um, and, and his performance and his progression. Um, Fifty-five minutes, one turnover for a guy playing point guard uh, for somebody who, re, who who some 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 folks claimed couldn't play point guard. I know. Um, uh, Emmanuel quickly, the last twelve games he started, um, dating back to the final game of the regular season, the 20, uh, 21-22. Um, 
he started 12 games in that span. He's averaging over those 12 games, averaging 20.8 points, 5.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists versus just one turnover. That seems pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, and having that, you know, and, and, and something we've talked about, you know, before is the when, you know, now it's not even if when the Knicks get to the postseason, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's uh, knock on wood, some crazy doesn't happen. You, how would they fare? Because, you know, history tells us you need a superstar to be competitive right. and, and, you know, to make any real substantial noise in the, in the postseason. But the Knicks don't have a superstar, but they do have two talented, high caliber guys playing at an all NBA level in Brunson and, and uh, Randall, of course. Now you factor in IQ's, you know, his projection, his trajectory. Um, you know, he's not on that all-star level yet, but he showed, you know, Sunday night in Boston. Um, and to your point, Brunson scored, um, uh, Jason Tatum scored 40 points. Jalen Brown scored 29. Jason Tatum's going to finish in the top five in MVP voting this year. Yeah. Um, he had 40, 11, and six last night. He was the second best player on the court. Emmanuel quickly was the best player in the game last night um, in an important game for both teams. Um, and it just, again, it speaks volume about how well, um, you know, he continues to grow as a player. Um, the evolution he's taken, never complain, never bellyache about coming off the bench last season when we all thought he should have started. Um, just put his nose down, got to work, grinded out, got bigger, got stronger. And as you know, he's a three level scorer now. Um, and we've talked about the 38 points. We didn't. We haven't even discussed his defensive last night. His ability to edge over screens, fight through, uh, draw offensive fouls by doing the Brunson things, by fighting over uh, screens. His length, his ability, the way he sees the floor and helps his teammates, and um, you know switches and runs back. Um, there's just so much. And and to your point, the Celtics had a great game plan, um, and it worked. You know they're switching, and and whenever, and we'll talk about that too. Whenever yeah. Randall turned around and spun, a second guy would come, strip him from the ball. Happened a bunch of times. Randall finished with seven turnovers. Uh, happened a few times in the clutch. But one of the reasons the Knicks were able to get offense is because they got out of their sets. And the one yeah. player on their team that is great at freewheeling with the ball in his hands is Emmanuel Quickly. He'll take those heat check threes. First possession of the game, he pulls <laughs> from twenty nine feet and drains. Yeah. You know, and and you could just see the confidence brimming and building. Um, and he had fun the whole way. Um, and uh, you know, and and the Knicks had Nick fans had fun watching. Um, and the one thing you know that, and I wrote about it this morning was, for years now we've been kind of a you know Nick fans that have you know listen the Knicks lost have lost more games this century than any team in the NBA. Nick fans yeah. are basically you know through PTSD and you know in a in a traumatic relationship used to being you know they just see the the, the you know the light of the end of the tunnel know it's a train coming the wrong way and and, right. and and have been conditioned to believe that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. I found myself thinking in that third quarter Knicks down 13 uh, in the guard in Boston against the team with Tatum that look over win no point guard Randall scuffling a bit Grimes was invisible last night yeah but somehow some way you I just kind of had this feeling it's probably gonna win it Knicks have a chance to win they at least have wow. a chance to win this game they're up in the fourth quarter they're down it's it's tight it goes in overtime Knicks I think Knicks are pro might find a way to win this game uh second you know the start of second overtime IQ scores seven points in a row um Knicks are gonna find a way to win this game and and you know the last second shot Horford has a good look a shot you know he's made six three pointers that game you think it knocks down but sometimes the basketball the basketball gods just shine on you um and then you just you know and that team 
you just have a sense about, you know, the right place at the right time, chemistry, whatever you want to use. Um, the Knicks are that team at this moment, and it's fun to watch. I'll tell you what, this Knicks team, the execution is not always perfect. In fact, oftentimes it's very imperfect. But the perseverance and the toughness this team has is special because you, that game, I, I know you could bang on the officiating every game of an NBA season probably, I thought that that was one of the worst officiated games I've seen from the Nick uh, on a Nick game all season. I mean, Marcus Smart is just launching himself all over the court and he's tricking the refs. And it, it was it was embarrassing to me the amount of times he was able to trick the refs. I mean, there was a foul on Mitchell Robinson where IQ crosses him up. He falls over Mitch Robinson's foot and he called the, they call the moving screen. I mean, some of this stuff was just crazy. I mean, he fouled Randall four times before Randall finally elbows him in the face because he's like, yo, get off of me. And look, Randall deserved that tech. I had no problem with the tech, honestly. He's lucky he didn't get thrown out. And I, was, I had no problem with the elbow because I'm like, he's fouled this guy four times on that play. And, and, and the thing that bothers me about the most about that, that particular, I like Smart. I respect Smart. If he's on, yeah, if he's, so do I. If he's on your team, you hate him. If he's on your team, you love him. We get all that. Um, the issue I have is, the, is that particular foul with the elbow on Randall. I had a coach in college who told us, if you elbow a guy in his in his in his mouth and knock out his teeth i will buy you a steak dinner after the game because one it isn't a foul the offensive player is allowed to have that space if a guy gets up to you and is literally less than one inch from your body how could as an offensive player you are allowed to turn around um right. so that's just, just a pet peeve of mine i've always that 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 foul has always bothered me that a defender can kind of cheat the system and get that foul ball. yeah it's, it's it's ridiculous and he was he was on one i mean and it, it seemed like every time the knicks were making a run it was like watching, you know, a Ric Flair wrestling match where every time the babyface making a run and Ric Flair, you know, grabs the ref and low blows the you know, face right when the guy's making a run. That's what it felt like watching Marcus Smart. It felt like every time Nick was making a run, like the Knicks were up 12, they have the ball. And I'm like, all right, they're going to put these guys away. What does he do? He just finds Obi Toppin and it just falls right in front of him. And they, he gets a, he gets a charge. They come back. The Celtics get two threes. Now a 12-point game, a six-point game. I'm like, the Knicks will have to put these guys away in the fourth quarter in that possession. So, I mean, Marcus Smart, the officiating last night, absolutely horrendous. Joe, Joe Mazzula was, you know, threw a couple veiled shots at the refs after Monday's game. And it's yeah. a shame because that shouldn't impact Sunday's game, but it looked like it did. And I'm never – I don't talk about the refs too much, but that was that was poorly officiated game. And it yeah, seemed like, and like it was a reaction to Monday's game. I know Ed Malloy was out there. I didn't even recognize the other two refs. I was like, who are these guys? <laughs> and I know I watched a lot of NBA games. I was like, I don't even know who these guys are. The guy that Randall was arguing with that gave him the tech. I was like, I've never seen this ref before. So I don't know if that was a, a I don't want to say a younger team, but maybe a, a less experienced team around Ed Malloy. But I thought he lost control of that game. Also, I agree with you on on Randall could have got ejected for that. You know, he basically Absolutely. showed the ref that I, you know, but and then he got the tech for it. He the ref did a good job by walking away and not prompting Randall. And but Randall also did a good job. You could see it on the broadcast. I thought that was cool where he literally took a few deep breaths and lowered his hands. I think again, we've talked about his interaction with the media, his interaction with his teammates. That's a that's another sign of progression. Randall last year would have got thrown out of that game yeah, at that absolutely. Moment would have Absolutely. body slammed somebody and, <laughs> and, 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 and went to yeah. so credit to randall for for uh, his maturity he talks about his mentals in check that was that was a clear sign of it last night yeah i thought honestly as bad as officially was the game i thought that was an instance where both people showed good restraint yes. randall not body slamming that ref for that ridiculous call and the ref for not throwing him out for bumping him i thought both i was like, okay this is the one thing i could say this is actually done well everything else about that game was miserable speaking on randall I got to be honest about Randall's game last night. The totality of his numbers will look fine besides the turnovers. 
Um, I think he had some big shots in this game. I don't think he played a good game last night. Uh, some of those turnovers he had, uh, some of the block shots he had where, you know, he's shooting and Jason, you know, Jalen Brown was just ripping the ball out of his hands as he's going up for shots. Like, he's got to be better than what he was. Um, I didn't really quite understand the Knicks thinking that they could keep attacking smart with Randall. Like, if anybody watches Celtics, you know, my brother who hosts the New Generation Sports Talk with me, he's a Celtics fan, so I watch Celtics a lot. Like, the Celtics actually like putting Marcus Smart on bigger, powerful, wing-type guys. So that's a match that they're extremely comfortable with. So I didn't really like his approach to how he was attacking this team. When he saw Grant Williams, that's a match we usually dominate, so he was trying to be aggressive. But the, the, the just turning his back on the Celtics defense and spinning was leading to a lot of turnovers. I thought on the last possession, I guess it was regulation or overtime, I forgot which one it was, IQ brings the ball up the court. IQ should have been the guy who had the ball in his hands on that final possession. He kind of bullies IQ into giving him the ball. I know Randall hit a monster shot in Miami, and that was a great shot. I, I, I know he hit those shots. But with the way IQ was playing, the way out, and how red hot he was, I thought Randall got a little hero ballish last night, and that was a little frustrating. In some ways, I thought as good as he played in some instances, I thought he hurt the team. And also, his defense and rebounding up until overtime was awful. I mean, it was a lot of the old Randall. It was, you know, not seemed to be kind of in tune, uh, late on rotations, not boxing people out. Um, Randall has held himself accountable all season, so I don't expect that he'll play that way again. But I just think it needs to be noted that um, that 31-9, and nine, they needed the totality, the volume of that of those numbers, but he needs to play a lot better than that. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but I, I think it's noteworthy to point out that 31 on 50% shooting, he was 11 to 22. I know. Uh, nine rebounds, four assists qualifies as, and, can, and it can still be a bad game from Randall. That's as yeah. that's as good that's as, as good he's, he's playing. Exactly. As he's as he's played of late. Um, and I agree with you. Defensively, um, he wasn't up to snuff uh, a Sunday night. I think. A lot of it, so part of it is partly due to the excessive minutes he's played. Um, you know, he hasn't missed a game all season to his credit. Interestingly, he talked about um, he doesn't believe in load management. He understands the science. I have my own science, he said. Um, and then they asked him about it after the game, after he logged another close to 15 minutes and double overtime. He's like, you know what? Maybe I'll reconsider. Um, he said it joking around with a smile. Um, but I honestly might, should the Knicks consider sitting him out Tuesday night uh, in Charlotte, or at least limiting like 25 minutes or so. Um, I think that might be something that, you know, that the Nick could consider. We, we, you know, Brunson, the, the Brunson injury as well. We'll talk about that preview in yeah. Tuesday night's game. Um, and we can talk about this after as well, but um, I think we can, I, I, I don't have a problem with Randall taking or, or attempting, didn't even get a shot up, attempting to take the right. shot. I think he's earned that, um, you know, over the last, certainly after Friday night and over the last three or four months, like Brunson was on the floor. Brunson's going to get those shots more often than not when he's in the game. Um, so I think Brunson, I think Randall entered the game believing I got to step up. I got to right. play at a higher level um, and just put a little bit extra pressure on himself um, and seemed a little bit worn down at times. So we'll see again um, whether he sits out Tuesday night or not. There's 15 games, I think, left in the season. The Knicks are look like they have a very good chance at securing the five seed, um, if not the four seed, but being in that four or five slot. Um, now we have to think about, okay, what's best for when we get to the playoffs for that first round series? Should we start to you know taper Randall's minutes for a few minutes? So hopefully he's as fresh as possible um, heading into the, uh, you know, in, once once April arrives in mid-April and that, and that first round starts. 
And I'm glad you mentioned uh, Randall and, and the fatigue and the low management comments because he also, after Friday's game, there was a question he was asked, and he was like, bro, I'm so tired. I don't even know what you just told me. Yeah, um, yes. So uh, I, I also I think that that the lack of rebounding and defense that we saw was it contributed, was 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 can be attributed to, I think, fatigue. I, I think he is tired. Like I, I think I tweeted last night. I was like, he looks exhausted in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why he wasn't really given the effort we are used to seeing from him defensively and on the boards. Um, so yeah, they gotta be smarter how they, how they finish this season. This is a, a Hornets game they have coming up that you would think they should be able to watch these guys. So, uh, maybe this is a time where Obi Toppin can get more reps. One thing I thought was good about that game was it did give IQ the chance to start and play a lot. Um, and, and it gave, uh, Deuce McBride a chance to, you know, get off the bench and, and, and get some minutes as well. Cause you never know what's going to happen in the playoffs and he needs to be used at a certain point. So I, I thought that. Brunson, that's why I was happy they sat Brunson. I, I tweeted, I was like, I think they should sit him. He's questionable, he shouldn't play. Um, this is a, you know, they've won eight in a row at this point. There's a team they know they can beat already. Yes. They've beaten them on the road, they've beaten them at home. Like, it's a rivalry game, it's national TV, you want to win. But, like, there's there's actually things that could be that can be beneficial to the team by Brunson actually sitting. And the fact that they still got a win, it just <laughs> illustrates just how good this Knicks team is. I mean... I look at this Knicks team and I've been saying, and I, I keep moving this goalpost down because the expectations keep changing. I kept saying, okay, Knicks face Cleveland. I think they could beat them in the, in the play in the playoff series. Then I saw Philly. That's all the Knicks play against Philly. Am I right? Knicks play against Philly. I think that they could, they could, they could face Philly. And they could, they could square up with Philly. I'm adding Boston to that Knicks now. The Bucks right now to me are the only team that I would say, okay, Knicks face them. It's, it's going to be tough sledding. I don't, I don't, I don't know how they win that series. I don't think that the Knicks can, I, I'm not saying I don't. I'm definitely picking the Knicks against the Celtics, but I don't look at the Celtics right now as a team that the Knicks can't beat in a seven-game series. The Knicks just seem very confident, and it goes back to even last season. They had those great games last season against the Boston Celtics, even when they were a terrible team last season. Yeah. It just feels like they played very confident against them. I, I I don't know what it is. They seem to like these matches. RJ Barrett, who I think has kind of been the most kind of like untalked about player in this game. He was a hero in this game the way he played. He actually kind of supplemented IQ scoring in a lot of p- different parts of this game. Um, he seems to play very confident against Boston Celtics. He had 29-11 in this one. We mentioned IQ. Uh, Randall sees Grant Williams. He thinks he should be able to dominate him every time he sees him. We, they didn't have Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson has had his way with the Celtics this season earlier as well. I, I just I mean, The Celtics are a great team. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Knicks are, are, are going to walk or walk through them, but I, there are there's only one team in the Eastern Conference that I've – I'm fearful of it for if I'm a New York Knicks right now. Listen, it's fair. Um, obviously, the Celtics would be a heavy favorite. Um, I don't yeah, know, maybe, not even, maybe not even a heavy favorite, but obviously favorite in a series as yeah. with the Sixers. Um, but I agree with you. It wouldn't be shocking to see the Knicks make some of those, make the Cavs sweat. If not, you know, it, maybe New York might be favored at this point. Um, I saw CBS, uh, I saw on Twitter just before we hopped on, CBS has the Knicks ranked number one um in the league in their in their latest power rank because you know part of that is because they have the you know it's it's more on the hottest team and obviously the Knicks have right. a long win streak in the NBA right now with, with the Bucks uh, winning streak snapped over the weekend so um yeah I, I listen the game before uh on uh, the national TV game before the Knicks Celtics was Suns Mavs and you know the right. Knicks Knicks fans got to keep an eye on it because when they face the Suns assuming the Suns come out of the West in the finals we'll see who has the advantage <laughs> you know um you know, so maybe we're, maybe we're looking a little bit too far ahead. And again, um, but you're right. Listen, it's certainly we've got to the stage now where the Knicks shouldn't be afraid. And as I mentioned, teams would uh, are not going to admit it, but they would definitely prefer 
to play a, a, a non-Knicks team in the first round if given their choice because the Knicks are, at, at, at worst, a live dog at the moment. Um, a couple quick things. You mentioned RJ. Uh, credit to Barrett. Um, not only did he have 29 points, he kind of set the tone early. He got going. Yeah. The thing with RJ, he just seems so much – it's clear. He's more comfortable being that second guy. Yeah. Um, so when, when Brunson's out of the lineup, he's more of a featured player, a little bit more space on the floor for him to drive, and he has a little more offensive freedom. Um, you can tell when he's the th- – uh, uh, the way the Knicks are structured and they're kind of rigid, you know, uh, you, the, way they, the, the way they run their offense – the third best player is really often relegated to spot up three pointers or, you know, spot up shots. Yeah. Um, and that's not where RJ Barrett's going to excel um, when he's at his best, you know, over the first few years of his career, it's when he's, you know, kind of a focal point of the offense attacking, playing downhill. Um, and he doesn't really have as much an opportunity to do that um, with, with uh, uh, Brunson uh, and Randall on the floor together. So, um, you know, I, th- I thought he played well last night in a, in a game. He knew the Knicks needed him. Um, he stepped up and, uh, you know, again, there's some warts there. Um, you don't love the inefficiency. Um, there were some defensive plays that that weren't great. Um, but overall, um, competitiveness um, and just, you know, he, he supplied points when the Knicks needed points. So credit for RJ for a big game. Yeah, just an awesome win all around. Um, Knicks outlast the Boston Celtics. Still in that fifth spot. Still eyeing that fourth spot. We'll see how this goes, but just a, just a, a awesome moment. And this is an awesome moment for Knicks fans. Just even seeing just the celebration of Knicks fans on social media after that win and to see how many people are engaged with this team now. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the PTSD Knicks fans face. There are a lot of Knicks fans who, you know, really don't want to, I think, get engaged because they don't want to be hurt again, you know? So, like, so they're kind of just like, oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But listen, there are a lot of people watching that game because they've been hearing about how the Knicks have been playing, and they're playing in Boston Celtics maybe earlier in the week. Now the Celtics have Brown playing in this game, so there's no excuses. Now Brown's is out, so let's see how they do, and they come up with that win. Phenomenal, phenomenal performance by the New York Knicks. So.